Welcome to Resurrection Church Podcast. We are honored you are here. Without any further delay, here's the word. Turn in your Bibles to the last verse of Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. We're going to start in the last verse of chapter 3. How many of you know that chapters are not anointed? And they're not in, they're not, uh, that's just the way we divided them up. Uh, when I mentioned to my wife about what I was going to talk about today, she said, hadn't you talked about that some already? Well, we're on this series called Kingdom Living Now. And she said, haven't you talked about this? I said, yeah, I've kind of danced around it some. But this, this what I want to work on today is so deeply embedded in most believers, that you've got to root it out to transform people's thinking. And, it, it, and it's, it's not, you know, the way we think about this topic today is so out of balance with what the Bible actually pre- teaches us. And so that's why I'm going to talk about it. You're going to hear a lot about it over the next few weeks as we continue on this series. But it's important that we root this old mindset out and think, rethink about our positions in the kingdom of God. And so today I want to talk to you about servants or sons. Servants or sons. Let's begin in verse 29. It says, if you, belong, if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's descendants, heirs according to promise. Heirs according to promise. Say that. Heirs according to promise. Just continue on because this is the same thought, even though it has a different chapter that was not written that way. Now I say... As long as the, as the heir is a child, he does not differ at all from a slave, although he is the owner of everything. Say, owner of everything. But he is under guardians and managers until the day set by the father. So also we, while we were children, were held in bondage under the elemental things of the world. But when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might redeem those who are, were under the law, that we might receive adoption as sons. Say adoption as sons. Because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are You are no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, then an heir through God. And I want to stop at that verse there. It says, but you are a son. You are a son of the king. The king who happens to be the king of all kings and also the Lord of all lords. You are a son of the king. Now, we know that, but we don't grasp it. There's so many people in the church in general that have, they have no idea of what their purpose of existence is for the kingdom of God. 
They know they're saved. They know they're going to go to heaven someday, but they don't have any understanding of why. Think about it. If I were God and, and I saved Steve Dietz, I'd, if I were God, I'd just take me on home. Because I've been in a lot of trouble. You have too. Well, it doesn't cause trouble for God, but you know what I'm saying. I mean, wouldn't that be the simple way? Just get saved, poof, you're out of here. Then you don't have to go through all these challenges. But I'm here to challenge you today. I'm here to challenge your concepts about things that you've been taught before you ever came to this church because you didn't hear it in this church, what I'm going to teach to you today. Not likely anyway. But you heard it other places from way back when. I understand. I grew up in church. And I, and that's, you know, I, I, and I was taught this other way. But I'm here to challenge that today to help us understand that we're not servants. We are sons. You see, man is God's crowning achievement. He actually created the universe for us. Think about it. If you were God, did you, did you need a universe to manage? No. I mean, if you're God, you don't, it, you, you, you are, you, it doesn't, you know, I mean, we think of the universe, we see how beautiful it is. But God doesn't need the universe. He created all of this, the Bible says in Romans, He created all of this so He could show Himself to us as who He is. So He created all this for you not to be a servant, but a son. We're his crowning moment. Think of that. I'd say, you know, for some of us, he could have done a better job. But, you know, but that's, his, that's what he does. He loves to transform people by allowing them to make their own decisions in life. So here in this text alone, we see that we're identified as heirs. We're identified as sons. It says that we're adopted in. It actually says that we're royalty. Most Christians don't ever come to that conclusion because they've been taught all this crazy religious stuff. We are sons in a royal family. It says very clearly in verse 7, you are a son. A son to whom or what? The son of God, the king of all the kings. You're a son to him. We'll get into, in fact, you're going to find out there's a little more to it in just a moment. So you and I, if you're born again, you have been born into this royal family. I said royal family. Tell the person beside you, you're sitting beside royalty today, baby. You are. So you've been born again into this royal family. Now think about, but that God did. God, God knew where we were. He didn't stop there. He said, "Not only are you born into a royal family, you're married to into the family." The Bible says that we are the bride of Christ. So by marriage, we're related. By adoption, we're related. By the family bloodline. We're related. I mean, he covered all the bases to assure us, to help us to understand that we are sons. So we are not subjects in the kingdom. We are sons in the kingdom. So every believer 
is related in the kingdom of God by sonship. Now, when I say sonship, get over this crazy stuff about male and female things. If you're a daughter of God, you're still a son of God. Okay, get over that. In fact, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago in Hebrews 2.11. It says that Jesus did not, doesn't, doesn't hesitate to treat us like family. We are family in the royal family of God, the family of the universe. And then in verse 1 it says that, that even though we're slaves, we are the owners. Now here I'm going to mess with you. Owners of everything. Now we know that's true according to Genesis chapter 1 because we read that and studied it a couple of weeks ago. He gave us authority and dominion over this earth. He placed us in charge of the earth. And he set himself in his own rule to show that he would not interfere without the use of mankind in the earth. Oh, it got quiet. So you are the owner of everything. Yes, you are. You know, I own a house. Somebody says, is that your house? Yeah, that's my house. It's not the bank's. By the way, if you've got a mortgage, you got the, it's not yours. If you've got a car with a mortgage, a uh, payment, if that car's not yours, don't make a payment and find out whose it is. You'll find out real quickly who owns that car. It'll be the snatchback man get it. So you own that car when you got titled ownership. Yeah, just a thought. <laughs> okay. So we are to learn how to take dominion in the earth. That's my challenge to you today. How do you relate yourself in the kingdom of God? What is your mindset? How do you think about your relationship or think about yourself in your relationship in the kingdom of God. How do you see yourself operative in the kingdom of God? Are you a servant or are you a son? Now the Bible says in Romans 8.15, For you have not received the spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received the spirit of adoption Spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. We know that, but we don't live there. So I'm going to pound it into our heads so that we can get it. So if you're in the kingdom of God, and I hope that everyone in this room is in the kingdom of God this morning, there's absolutely... Absolutely no room for self-pity. There's no room for belittlement. Belittling yourself as being, I'm so unworthy. Let's get over it. We all started in that position of unworthiness. You are worthy by the blood of Jesus Christ. He died to, to turn this whole thing around where sin entered in. He brought a sinless life. The Bible says, He who knew no sin became sin on our behalf that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. 
Now, it doesn't get any righteous, more righteous than that. So there's no room for embitterment, there's belittlement, there's no, more, there's no room to demean yourself any longer. There, is, there should be no feelings of, I'm unworthy. Now, people say, well, you know, I'm just saved by grace, and I'm so unworthy. I'm just a worm, and let me squirm. No! When the blood of Jesus bought you, and you, and you, you committed yourself and repented, you were transformed into a new person with a new identity. Nothing, the Bible says, nothing shall be impossible for those who believe. So we, have, we are sons born into a royal family. We are sons who have been given authority. Now, on our, on our own, we don't have any authority. Our authority comes from Jesus Christ and the sacrifice of his life. But it says in verse 2 that he was, speaking of this child, he's under guardians and managers until the date set by the father. Now, why would the father set a date to release all that? Because, he, see, he has to grow the child up. And there are far, far, far too many 60-year-old babies in the kingdom of God. They got saved, but they never grew up spiritually. And God says, no, I have a date of maturity for you when I will release into your hands the authority given to me, the authority I have given to you so that you can operate like I operate in the earth. So we've been given all the rights and all the responsibilities that come with the position of sonship. Until we mature, we're under guardianship. God is helping us along. You know, there was when your kids were growing up, or maybe they're growing up today, you just don't let them do whatever they want to do. You know that it'll be harmful for them, right? So you have to guard them and grow them and mature them till they take on maturity. Don't you think our Heavenly Father is the same way? So today I want us to graduate from babyhood to sonship. You see, sons or backslash prince, princes or princes or princesses, the only authority they have is what's been delegated to them. See, by ourselves, we have no authority. Now, I know this is very true. My wife and I have had the privilege of being around prince and princesses. Dr. Kingsley Fletcher, whom we've known for many, many years, was the son of a king. He was a prince. We knew him as a prince. Now we know him as a king. But as a prince, he had limited authority only as his father allowed it. But when the day of maturity came, and in his case his father passed, then the mantle of kingship came to him. But before that, all his authority was delegated to him. We have friends in, in Swaziland 
We call her princess because she is, this, she's a real princess. She has authority, but that authority is delegated to her. She does not question the wisdom of the queen, king. Now, she might in her mind, I'm being a human being, but she obeys what the king wants. Her desire, her call, her position is to fulfill what the king wants. There's no different in the kingdom of God. Now, get this. So, what does our king want for us. What kind of authority does he want us to have? See, this is the key to living as sons in the kingdom. You've got to know what the king wants. He leaked, Jesus leaks a little bit of this out in Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Jesus said, Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Now, now, what was he saying? He said, I'm giving you authority of all the creatures that crawl on this earth and authority over demonic powers. Now, my friends, that is, that is part of kingdom living. This authority has now been delegated to you and I over all the power of the enemy and nothing, everyone say nothing, nothing will injure you. Nothing will injure you. So, as sons, we have to learn how to operate in our assigned authority. See, the, uh, the, the, the nation that Dr. Fletcher is over, he has authority as king in his nation, but he does not have authority in another nation or another country. So his authority is territorial. Your authority is territorial. In other words, you are not responsible for someone else's kids if they act out. Now, you can have input. Now, when we were growing up, if one got whooped in the neighborhood, there was at least two or three others of us that got it whooped too. But that was, that was delegate, relegated authority. So you need to know. So you have, but you have authority over your family, men of God, women of God. It's your responsibility. That's kingdom living. That's operating in sonship. So we have authority that is assigned to us relationally, husband, wife, child. Then we have responsibility territorially, as in surrounding circumferences of properties. Your household, your land, you, you have a house, it's your property. You have authority over it. So we have that and we have spiritual authority. I've seen many people get in trouble when they step out of the realm of their spiritual authority and they go after stuff they don't need to be messing around with and they get their clocks cleaned. Come on, some of you are laughing, but you know it's happening. But I want to go back to this. that nothing by any means will injure you. Now, church, I want to talk to you a moment. 
Nothing, put it back up there, nothing will injure you. I want to assure you as your pastor concerning the coronavirus that you've been duped. You've been duped by fake news. Since when does the media know what an influenza is all about? One person died here in the United States from the coronavirus. But no one fails or no one pays attention to the approximately 24 to 20, excuse me, 29 to 60,000 people a year that die in the United States from common influenza. 29, on the average, 29 to 60,000 people die from influenza a year in this country. Coronavirus is just another flu virus. Now think virus. So they don't want to call it influenza. They want to make it drastic and dark and deadly. It's a virus. And it's coming after you and your family. It's going to eat you up. The sky is falling. The sky is falling. Oh, no. Oh, why? Oh, me. It's all about money and power. Political power, power and leadership, and money. Do you realize that every two years there's always a new influenza that happens to pop up? So that the drug companies can invent a new medication to combat that influenza. And guess who makes all the money? Because they say, get your flu shot, get your flu shot. They only tell you that what's the, 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 the coverage of a flu shot is like less than 20% of all the available influenzas in the world. Because they'll be, that's why they invent these things. I'm here to tell you, church, nothing shall injure you. You are the son of a king. And you have dominion and authority in this earth. If you don't want influ influenza in your household, then banish it from your household. And take authority over it. Now that doesn't mean you don't stop washing your hands. Wash your hands, baby. Let's be sanitary about it. But this crazy, do you realize those little masks, the masks they put on? There is now a worldwide shortage. Who's making money? The producers of the mask. Why? Because the price is escalating double, triple, quadruple. They're making money and they forget to tell you that the mask is only good for those who are already sick. You can wear a mask all day and it's not going to keep you from the influenza. If you'll keep your hands out of your ears, your nose, your eyes, and your mouth, you won't get the flu. See the crazy, th this is what I'm talking about. So we've been duped as a body of Christ in believing. We've got to run fearfully about these things. I'm sorry. See, our job is to go tell all these other believers that they don't have, their, we do not have the spirit of fear, but of love and power in a sound mind. You need to find these things out for yourself. Ha <sighs> ha. 
God. Now you can say what you want to. It cost me some money last week. You said, well, Pastor, how it cost you money? You weren't sick? No, but I had stock. I, this, this is my opinion. I think that, that billionaire Borzo, Boro, or Soro, I think he's under this somewhere. He's, what, what's happened? I'm telling you, when these things happen, it's because of money. And for you traders and stock people, there was no, there was no fundamental or technical reason for the stock market to fall five days in a row. Except by the stupid idea, and I excuse my language, of an influenza that's just another flu that's not even at the level of most flus anywhere in the world. It's crazy. Somebody wants to make money, but I determined I'm not, they're not making it off me, baby. You need to make, you see what I'm saying? So take authority. I, I'm preaching myself happy now. I'm feeling good. Nothing will in any means hurt you, injure you in any way. All right. I had delegated my last 20 minutes to this last section, and I've already used all of it up. But we're going to get there. So, back to the message. We are sons of the royal family. We are, as sons, we've been given authority. Say, tell yourself, I have authority in the earth. Now, we have been given royal duties as sons. Royal duties as sons. We have an assignment here in this earth. Let's look at this because this is how we practically apply this sonship principle. Because you see, with great power comes great responsibility. We have a mission from the king, a mission to carry out on this earth. We are here by as divine royalty, as sons of God. The Bible says in 1 Peter 2.19, may I remind you, it says, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. He has, God has given us authority so that we can proclaim the kingship of Jesus Christ in the earth. The Bible says, and I'll confirm this in Revelation 1.6, it says, And He has made us a kingdom of priests for God our, as our Father. So as sons, we are sent here by God from birth to be His representative ministers here in the earth. We are his spokespeople in the earth. We're called saints. We're called citizens. We're called uh, priests. We're called ambassadors. But we have an assignment here in this earth. What is the, the assignment? I'm glad you asked that question. Put up John 15, 15. I no longer call you slaves. For a slave does not know what his master is doing. Now stop there. How does he accomplish getting all that information to us about his will? 
It's easy. You just get born again. The Spirit of God moves inside of you. The Spirit of God's inside your spirit. You're one, you're one together with the Spirit of God, and the Spirit of God speaks to us His will. So we know what the Master is doing. Tell, tell three people, I know what the Master's doing. But she, if, you think of, if, you, if you think of yourself as a, 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 a lowly servant, you'll never get this. You've got to think like a son. He says, but I have called you friends for all things that I have heard from the Father I have made known to you. Now, here it comes, baby. We're going to run this sled down this chute and we're going to soar. Look at this. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain so that, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Ooh. Now see, if you're thinking servant, you won't get this. But you think as a son, when you go into prayer and say, Father, in the name, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking that this take place. Jesus said, I am confirming to you, if you take that in as a son rather than a servant to the Lord, the Bible says very clearly that the Father will give it to you. Ask whatever you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, He will give it to you. Let's read that together. Whatever you ask of the Father in my name, He will give it to you. you got to think like a son. Quote, we don't earn it, we don't deserve it, but baby, it's been bought and paid for by Jesus. Think about it. Think about it. Think about the possibilities of breaking the impossibilities. Think about what God could do through you and I if we get, grasp this concept. Now, I've got a substantiated scripture that goes along with this. So we know now that whatever you ask the Father in my name, whatever you ask the Father in whose name? In my name, Jesus said. In his name, he will give it to you. John, 1 John 5, 14 and 15. Now hold on to your seat, church. Come, come on. This is going to be a faith builder. This is going to turn some tides. This is going to change some things in your life. It says, this is the confidence that we have before Him. See, that's the difference between being a servant and a son. A son can go confidently to the throne of grace in the kingdom of heaven via communication called prayer and prophesying. If you ask anything according to His will, remember the the voice is here. 
The voice is speaking to us. We have the voice in the Bible. The Bible tells us the will of God. It confirms it in our he confirms it in our spirit. So we ask according to his will, he hears us. Thank God he hears us. And and if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked from Him. This is sonship. See, now some, some of you balled up on me right there. I, you, did, you, you hit the wall. If you're thinking like a servant, you won't get over this hurdle. But if you transform your mind by the renewing of the word, if you'll renew it, then see yourself as a son. And when you go into the heavenlies, it's listen, it's all about, we call it faith, I call it attitude. You know, when you get a good attitude, you can just about do anything. Cash, am I right about it? When you go in with the right attitude, you become a more than a conqueror. And so when you go into that throne of grace before God and you ask according to His will, and you know that He's heard you, you know that you have the request that you ask from Him. Period. Don't put another but on it. Don't put an... Don't put another yay, nay. Don't put, forget all that stuff. What does the Bible say? Not what, you say, well, I had this experience. Get over that experience. We've all had some bad experiences. God did not fail. If there was a failure, it was on our part. I'm, we're, listen, we're going we're gonna to move from this. So what is our purpose in all this? It's really quite simple. Our purpose is to, in the kingdom, the purpose is to colonize the earth. You say, what? How does a kingdom expand beyond its territory like the kingdom of heaven? How does God expand the kingdom of heaven? He colonizes the earth. We have been given the authority to establish the king's kingdom on the earth. In other words, our responsibility is to replicate slash duplicate the king's kingdom. That's why Jesus said, whatever you see in heaven, you can see it here on the earth. Didn't he say, whatever you bind in earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose in the earth is loosed in heaven. What are you doing? You are colonizing the earth with God's kingdom. That's why we're here. God wants his kingdom of heaven here in the earth. So he planted the kingdom inside of each one of us. And he gave us the responsibility of colonizing the earth. See, there's a heavenly kingdom that's ruled by King Jesus. 
And then there are colonies in the earth. What do you mean, Pastor? There are colonies in the earth. Oh, it's quite simple. The colonies in the earth is called the congregations. Every time a body of believers come together in the church slash congregation, we are replicating what's in heaven. And what we, are, what we have the ability to do is to release the will of God that's in heaven in the kingdom there we can duplicate that same kingdom here in the earth as we colonize this thing called the congregation. When we get together, that's why Paul talks so much about the church walking in unity, the church walking in the sameness and, and praying the same thing. My friends, this church could transform not just this community or this county or these counties or this state. It could change a nation. If we can just stick together and stay together and act like sons of the living God. Mm. See, there's power when the people of God get together and they pray and believe and they say the same thing. You are colonizing the earth with the kingdom, with, the, with all the elements of the kingdom of heaven. We are colonizing the earth and calling it the kingdom of God in the earth. He's given this to us as sons of God. I want to tell you something, church, and the Bible proves this. In the colonization of the earth, there aren't any peasants. There aren't any paupers. There's no middle class. There are no servants. There's no broke. There's no sick. Because Jesus said, whatever is in heaven, you can have in the earth. Church, it's time for you and I, individually, we can do it corporately, but individually, you and I, it's time that we take our seat as a son in heavenly places. See, we have the ability by the Spirit of God to transition between the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God on the earth. And it's not through mental telepathy. It's called communication with God. We can, we can be seated. Now, I, I don't say that I totally comprehend all this. We won't until we go home. But while I'm standing here today, and while you're seated where you're seated, if you grasp the concept of, be, of sonship, the Bible says that you are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Church, if the church would ever grasp this, the Bible says in Ephesians 2, 7 that we have been seated with Him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. See, the kingdom of God is two-tiered. The kingdom of God is two-tiered. Part of it is in heaven. Part of it is in the earth. But God can only get the kingdom of heaven into the earth through His colonies 
called the congregation and through the sons of God. So we are to duplicate what's in the heavenly kingdom here on this earth. And we are to establish kingdom operations in the earth. That's our responsibility. You know why? Because the Bible says in Ephesians 1, it says, And he put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, the colony. Wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. Head over all things to the colony, which is his body, the fullness of... The fullness of Him who fills all in all. Do you see the power? That's why when Jesus said, If two of you shall agree as touching anything, it shall be done by my Father. See, we're colonizing. Oh, this is, this is so rich. So I'm here to tell you, church, today... Think like a son and stop thinking like a servant. Think like a son. Think like what you're really supposed to be. And nothing will be impossible. It says in Colossians 3.1, Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above. Why? Because God wants us to know what's in the kingdom of heaven so he can colonize the earth with all that he has in heaven. In other words, he, he wants us to make this earth like the kingdom of heaven. Now, we won't fully accomplish that yet, but there'll be a day when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. There will be a day because His colonization of the earth is be made complete and we will see what's in heaven beyond this earth. Did you know that's what the Bible teaches? Until then, we need to keep colonizing. I don't know if that's a good word or not. I'll use it. We need to keep colonizing. We need to keep extracting the principles of the kingdom of heaven where Jesus is seated and where we're seated with Him, why would He put us there? Why would He, why would he seat us in heavenly places in Christ Jesus? Tell me, why would He do that? So that we'll know what to do while we're here. Woo. So how do we do this? It says where Jesus Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above and not the things on the earth. So when you hear the word coronavirus, just say that's just another stinking sin, sinful flu, influenza. When the devil says you're not going to make it, you say, yes, I will, because the Bible says I will. I'm going to colonize the earth. 
If you've been struggling with getting that prayer answered, then go in there with some new fortitude, knowing that you're going in not as a servant, you're going in as a son. And Jesus did promise us, as we just read today, he said, if you'd go to him, to the Father in my name, he said, I, he will give you what you ask. And we know that if he's heard us in the thing that we've asked for, we know that we have the thing that we've asked for. So my friends, this is a win-win. This is a win-win for us. We need to colonize. We need to go out and make an impact. That's why God wants us to go out and lay hands on the people. We're, we're doing, we are colonizing the earth when we do the things of the kingdom. So you say, well, what should I do? Just do whatever Jesus did. Didn't he say, the things that, you do, that I do, you'll shall, you shall do them, but even greater things than this shall you do? Why? Because he's colonizing the earth. What you and I can't accomplish alone with another son beside of us, we can touch and agree together and we can move heaven and earth. So what needs to be moved in your life? I don't know, but I'm here to tell you today that God will give you that mindset of sonship and you're going to get these things happening in the earth. I promise you, it is the word of God. Let's stand to our feet. Hallelujah. I'll give the Lord a shout in here today. Give him a shout in here. Tell him, I, tell somebody, I'm a son of the living Christ. I'm the son of God. I'm not a pauper. I'm not a beggar. I'm not broken. I'm not sick because I'm going to colonize the earth. And tell, tell five people, say, listen, whatever you need, we're going to agree. We're going to get this thing done. We're going to get it done. We're going to agree. This is the power of colonization. Get, a, get her done, my friends. Get her done. Wow. Woo! Thank you for listening to the Resurrection Church Podcast. We hope you are encouraged and ready to win souls for Christ. For more information or to plan your visit, go to rc-hickory.org.